Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. Good morning. My name is Mike, part of our staff team here. And uh, moving us forward with our series on the shared life. And so we have this picture of people leaping around somewhere and uh, they're sharing life. But part of how we share life comes from our shared story. And really, and when we talk about reconciliation, we're going to look at the scripture today. We're going to slow down and go through it. I, honestly, we could probably take one sentence and do the whole service on that. There's going to be a lot of good scripture today. So you, if you have a pen, jot down what's meaningful for you, and then you double-click on it later with the Lord and just let him speak to you through his word. But uh, the shared life uh, comes from a shared story. And so, just a quick reminder about our shared story. In the beginning, there were three days of order. God ordered things, and then he filled things. And then we had flourishing. So order plus abundance is flourishing. So in the the beginning of our story, God intends flourishing. That's part of our shared history, that flourishing was God's intent. Then, in part of our creation story, our shared story, God moves from third person to first person plural. Let us make mankind in our image. And so we have this unique part of our story being an image bearer. So we're made in the image of God. We are an image bearer of the creator. And so what is unique about being an image bearer? So we're going to start here today with our shared story then look at our current scripture, and then I'll move us into a final scripture today. But what's unique about being an image bearer? Uh, There's two things that we're going to focus on. There's lots, but there's two things that we're going to focus on. The first is authority. So being an image bearer comes with great authority. And so when we see that in the creation account in Genesis, and it says the word dominion. Now, and this is where I'm getting the word authority. 
Dominion cannot mean domination. It just, it can't. Uh, because it talks about the birds of the air. And the, the ancient people had very little mastery over the birds of the air. It also talked about fish. And they were pretty good fishermen, but the, still the waters teemed with fish. And they, they still didn't have mastery over all the sea. And in fact, the Hebrew people weren't really good in boats, you know. And so most of our texts, dominion did not mean domination. And so authority... Um, is the capacity for meaningful action. That's one way you could define it. So it's not power. Power would be the ability to act. Authority is the capacity or the right for meaningful action. So God is granting us in our humanity authority, the, the capacity for meaningful inter- action. And maybe the most meaningful thing is that we have the capacity to be a part of his story. To represent him. And so this is great authority. This is beautiful authority. So this is part of flourishing and part of being made in the, in the image of God. The next thing would be vulnerability. So we're made with great authority. And then if you look at hum- humanity, we have incredible vulnerability. I don't know if there's a creature that is made that is as vulnerable as humans. We have to clothe ourselves. In fact, I left my warm sweater on this morning. We have to, just to protect ourselves from the elements, we have to adjust. Our, our young ha- are cared for for years before they're launched. Uh, I don't know if there's a single creation that is as vulnerable as humans. Very interesting. So we have great authority and great vulnerability. And this is the image of God. And so it can be, well, how is God vulnerable? Well, he made us. (laughs) And the ability to lose is part of vulnerability. So we are created with far more vulnerability than any other creature in creation. And the possibility of loss would be a good way to think about vulnerability. That we're able to lose something. Um, Woundable. And so when you think about even God's story... In creating us, it was great risk to fill the earth and to create these creatures. And then our brokenness enters a story and our image bearing is lost. The image bearers have gone missing. And we have a broken relationship with God. We have broken creation. We have broken systems. And so there's this part of we're intended for flourishing and then brokenness enters our story. And so I'm not going to go through, I, I gave my message on my, my nerdiness, uh, my love of the study of salvation. Not going over that this morning, but I'd love to talk about it. So if you want to talk more about that, love to you. But there's this idea that we are image bearers. High authority, high vulnerability is our intent. And we're made to be a part of the flourishing that God creates. So, uh, like I just said... So now we have part of our story, current story, is image bearers have gone missing. And we have a world that doesn't have much flourishing in it. So honestly, if we think about it, our our world is not as it was. And there's people, there's places, there's families. So it could be micro, it could be me struggling and not flourishing. That's me sometimes. It could be my family, it could be my community, it could be a country. All over the place, we have a world that struggled, that isn't flourishing as God intended. 
So what are we, what's going to happen in that? <laughs> this great opportunity today in 2 Corinthians. Um, and we're going we're gonna to focus on, uh, I believe Paul is being pretty clear on one aspect of this. And I'm going to add some nuances that maybe we, we don't always think about. And so the first thing I want to be really clear is this is one of my favorite verses. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Amen. <laughs> you could slow down. We, this is the one sentence that we could spend all the time on. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. That does not mean all is fulfilled and all, all our potential is back restored. It's like something has begun inside me and life is new for sure, inside of me. And I believe God is working his way out. And I was thinking of a little um, illustration that's not perfect. But if you, uh, if you take flowers like carnations and you put them in dye, slowly they soak up the dye and represent the color that they've been sitting in. That, that's similar to life of Christ is in me. And he's working his way out. And he's bearing fruit in my life. Sometimes it takes an awful long time for that to come forward. Some of the healing. Sometimes there's leaps, though. Sometimes there's leaps in our story of recovery and healing. And so I'm not trying to limit that. But that, and then there's also fullness will come when we are glorified in Christ. So fullness is coming. That's part of the story. And it will come one day. So how do you know if you are in Christ? One very key part to this is if anyone is in Christ. So how do you know if you're in Christ? So uh, we heard the previous verses in Ephesians 1 today during our opening worship service. And so this is what Paul says in Ephesians. And you were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. So you were included in Christ when you heard the message, the story, and then believed. Then God says, you're mine. (laughs) And he gives us his Holy Spirit, promising what is to come. We get the presence of God. It's amazing. And so uh, one, one quick thing, and I think this is key for, you know, you that have grown up in church, you have good parents. There's a lot of good parents in our church. So not having attended church causes you to be in Christ. It's having believed. And belief isn't just agreeing about stuff. Biblical belief is trust. It's not just agreeing about things, but it's trusting a person. That is biblical faith. So that's, a, that's kind of, sometimes we could lose that in today's evangelical Christianity. Sometimes it's more, if you believe the right things, then you're in the club. Half true. <laughs> what we believe matters. Our doctrine matters. But the vehicle that gets it moving is trust. And so we say, God, I trust you to renew me. I trust you to make me to be in Christ. I trust you to bring me to the final day. <laughs> trust is the vehicle that moves us forward, not just this list of beliefs. So if you've grown up in a Christian home, I want to encourage you, someday you need to say, all right, 
Jesus, it's you and me. I trust you. I'm letting go of my old ways and I'm trusting you. And then you are new in Christ forever. And I also want to remember, for us to remember today that we are not what we have done. Even in Christ. (laughs) Uh, Today's verse that we're talking about, all unrighteousness. You know, in Psalms it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our transgressions from us. Last time I checked, that's a long ways. He, we are not what we have done. We are new. So if you get beat up by your past, and maybe even the recent past, grab hold to the idea that you are new in Christ. It's great, great news. So, if, you, if anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So I'm just continuing on in 2 Corinthians 5 here. Rereading what Lou had read. And it says, and therefore we are Christ's ambassadors. So if we are Christ's ambassadors, what is it that we're supposed to be about? So this is where we might take a couple... um, I'd like to connect us back to our shared story. For us to have reconciliation, um, we have to agree on what needs reconciling. And so our history as humanity, we're broken. And so um, what did God intend? God intended flourishing. What does he want us to be ambassadors of? I believe flourishing. So... By all means, that means being a part of message bearers, that we are out to help restore humanity, the image of God. So in restoring the image of God, that means broken humanity. So people that aren't in Christ, we want to say, hey, come to the table. Come. I found the free food. <laughs> I'm just one. I, somebody said, I don't know. It's, a, it's an illustration. I'm one beggar telling other beggars where I found the free food. Come get restored. Come get near to God. Come have your relationship restored. All that you think that you ought to be, all that should be in your life. Anyway, I don't want to say uh, at the deepest part of us, we want to be close to God. We We are message bearers for people to come close to Christ and have hope in Him. The second thing as we think about flourishing, is I think being an ambassador for Christ means that we are restoring broken systems. For humanity to flourish means there needs to be godly systems. There's a lot of ungodly systems. The Old Testament is filled with wisdom on how kings should act. People in power should love what is good and do what is right. The Old Testament is filled with stuff about how God would want his people to live and to act. And part of that is our systems that we create. I believe as Christians, as ambassadors for Christ, we are meant to restore broken systems. And sometimes that means very unpopular things. And then lastly, broken creation. And we could disagree with some of this, but as you look at all the times, I think in Scripture... 
I'll just take two. For God so loved the world, he gave his son. That word is not the people of the world. It's not just the ethnicities of the world. The word is cosmos. For God so loved the cosmos that he gave his son. All creation. In this sentence, uh, when he is reconciling the world, it's the same word, cosmos. It's not the people of the world. So I believe creation is a part of our charge as Christ's ambassadors, that we are meant to help it flourish. That's part of what it means. So this is Christianity. (laughs) This is Christianity. The flourishing of the cosmos. Sometimes I get ahead of myself here a little bit. So one corrective and caution is part of why we may struggle with that is if you're a Western thinker like me, uh, we have grown up in modernism. Modern thought has shaped our world, the Western world, for, well, since um, Descartes. How many of you know who Rene Descartes is? I don't really know much about him, but he was a French philosopher, mathematician, theologian. He did a lot of great stuff. I believe he was probably a believer, but he introduced this idea of dualism <laughs> that has, we have struggled with today, where our spirituality can be separated from our our being and the rest of our relationships and everything we do. And it fueled the Enlightenment back in the 1600s. And so it greatly shaped who we are. So we might think, oh, Christians aren't really a part of creation because my Christianity deals with what I do in a church. Uh, Christianity is when I read the Bible, when I pray, when I teach kids. So dualism is this idea that we can come and separate our faith, and it doesn't impact all of who we are. And, and there's some, and it's a struggle all the way back, and that comes from, uh, I think, Plato and Greek thought, Hellenism. Uh, back in Colossians, I think they were stug- struggling, an offshoot of this is Gnosticism. Knowledge about the spiritual life is more important than who we are as a whole person. So, One corrective and caution, if you're struggling with the idea that being an ambassador for Christ is very holistic, I think you're probably really influenced by dualism. And why is dualism bad? So let's say you just care about the message and that people convert. If we look at the history of missions with indigenous people in North America, some of those leaders, Huron Klaus is a a native leader on the East Coast North Carolina, I believe. He says, we are not an unreached people. We are a misreached people. Tons of evangelism. Tons of evangelism. Uh, In other books, there's talk about what didn't make sense to the indigenous people was how someone could write a treaty with them and then break it. And then they could go to a religious service and be right with God. Do you see the dualism there? That their action could be a lie with relationship, but then if they go to a religious service, they're okay with God. And so the indigenous people in the lower 48 were like, this makes no sense to us. We don't want any part of that. But that's not Christianity. (laughs) That's dualism expressed through Christianity. My actions matter in all of my life. Everything I do, I'm meant to be an ambassador for Christ. 
and so are you. That's us. This is part of the shared story, the shared community. We're ambassadors for Christ. And we should help flourishing happen, restoring the image of God. So if you're interested in that topic, I'm just going to give a tiny little shameless plug. There's an amazing conference coming to our... We're going to host it. We're not really a part of it. It's called Would Jesus Eat Fry Bread? The first weekend of November, there's going to be hopefully 250 uh, indigenous college-age students here <laughs> learning about what does it mean to be native and a follower of Christ. They're coming up from the lower 48. InterVarsity is part of the driving force. Nations, which is a part of crew. Kayak is a partner. Curtis is in here today, and he, he might be one of the speakers. I know Trish Ivanoff might be one of our local speakers as well. Um, and they're just exploring and reawakening to this, to this uh, story of God. And it's a great thing. So, if you're interested in being a part, we need to serve that weekend, but also just pop in and listen. It might be uncomfortable, but it's a good story. And we're, we're going to talk a little bit about uncomfort in a second. But I want to encourage this. So, if you struggle with that, encouragement is bring your whole life under the lordship of Jesus. Bring it all. And that's not a one-time event for me. I got to do that all the time. I need to say, all right, Lord, I took that back. I'm going to give it back to you. You know what to do with me. You know what's best for me. And then bring ourselves into the kindness of the Father. The older I get, the more I see God the Father as incredibly kind. The more I need a Father like Him in my life. And then we have the empowerment and the awakening of the Spirit in our lives. So God is with us as we try to walk in a whole life. He's totally with us. All right, see if we can wake this up. All right, I'm going to give us a little graph here that will help us think about how do we apply this as ambassadors. We could have authority on this axis. Which one is this? Is this X? Is that why? All right, great. Guess who hasn't taken math for a long time? Uh, and then on the x-axis, we have vulnerability. Again, we were meant to have lots of authority and lots of vulnerability. That's flourishing humanity. That's flourishing creation. That's not very comfortable all the time either. To have a lot of vulnerability, we don't like that. I don't like that. But that is flourishing. We want to root for that. Well, the next thing, to have very low authority, very low capacity for meaningful action and high vulnerability, we could call that poverty, and it's not just financial. It could be all kinds of things that create high vulnerability with no capacity for meaningful action. There's a lot of that in our world. There's a lot of that in our community in our own state, sometimes in my own life. (laughs) Another area would be safety. There's a lot of this in us. So that's when we say, I don't want to be vulnerable to anyone and I don't want to be engaged in the story. I'm just going to be safe. As Americans, our affluence affords us to act like this a lot. 
we can order our life in a way where we just don't have to be engaged. We don't have to do anything that's uncomfortable, that where I could lose, where I can, I could just be safe. This is me. I go here. I'm not in any of these one quadrants all the time. And the last one would be idolatry or injustice. When we have all authority, but no vulnerability to anyone else or to other people. Ministries can be this way. Uh, So this comes from a man, I don't want to sound smarter than I am. Uh, Andy Crouch is is a leader. I think he just became an editor of Christianity Today. Fantastic thinker and leader. I love this. And so, as we think about being Christ's ambassadors, we want flourishing. But let's say we're dealing, we are in poverty. How does someone move up and to the right? Well, let's get a little interactive. How might someone move from no authority to more authority? Realizing their personal assets. Fantastic. Uh, Chris actually does a lot of great thinking on mission and community. Uh, the Chalmers Center is a fantastic resource. But a lot of times we have what we need sometimes, but it's learning to grab it and access it. This Friday I was at Spring Hill Elementary and I was helping out in a special ed classroom. And you don't know how many times I heard the phrase, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> but it's, that's kids taking authority, saying, you know what? You're not the boss of me. Now, you can get not vulnerable with that too. And you could go, like, my authority, I'm not going to let you speak into it. But, yeah, so high vulnerability, they need to realize they have what they need. Christians, uh, for me, I want to move toward those in high vulnerability with great caution. Um, Because they don't need me, they need authority. Does that make sense? When we go into broken situations, they need to realize their own authority and live from that and start walking in it. If there's a system that's preventing it, that's a great opportunity for me to speak up for that. Uh, Next would be safety. So how do we move out of safety? Take a risk. And we go back. We say, all right, God, that bigger story is worth it. Donald Miller, uh, the author of Blue Like Jazz, told a story about his friend in Portland whose daughter was getting all goth and all this stuff. And you know what? Rather than fight her on, hey, you're not going to wear black and dress this way and act this way, he's like, you know what? We're going to go on a family vacation. We're going to go serve. <laughs> and she went to this orphanage and encountered brokenness up close. And she got a bigger story. She dumped her goth boyfriend, started living for a different story. So I think for us in safety, we, we've forgotten what the story is. And we've retreated into our own world. We need to remember how great God is in this ministry of reconciliation restoring the image of God. So this week we did a tiny bit in our youth group of rather than, so one thing, we restored the image of social media in some ways. Social media is all about self-promotion. Hey, look at me. Hey, look at me. Hey, look at me. We want to be loved. We want to be accepted. And so this week we tried, rather than using it for ourselves, 
Let's see someone else and say, look at my friend. They're amazing. So that was one tiny thing. And what it does, though, is it makes a risk because then your image on social media is no longer the best snapshots of your life where you're lifting up someone else. And it might be done imperfectly. There's the risk in that. But it's worth doing. There's some, some people were beaming with joy. I, was, I had a blast watching people do that. So that's a tiny little thing, moving out of safety back into the good story. Lastly, idolatry and injustice. An idol promises authority without vulnerability. And, and really, we need to realize what we're doing and place ourselves at a point where we can lose. So in ministry, how that happens is control. If we go into a, a place and there's brokenness, we need to come in through the servant's door. If anyone loses in those new relationships, it's me. It's not the community that's, that I'm with. It's not the people I'm with. If someone loses face, it's me. We lift up others. Servant, we serve a servant king. So there's a lot more we could talk about in this, but the idea is being Christ's ambassador is restoring the image of God in humanity, in creation, in systems. And I love it. It's a great way to live. So before uh, we close, if you have a scripture with you, I did not print this out, so I'm just going to read it. But Isaiah 58, I've referenced this before up here. This is a really formative section of scripture for me. And not in shame, but in correction and in longing that this is the story I want to live. So this was the, the Hebrew people supposed to represent God, ambassadors for God. So this is a, a word to them. We're going to read 1 through 10. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. So, little Christians... We're busy doing Christian activity. We relate to this passage. Day after day, they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves And you have not noticed. God replies, Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? 
Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of finger, and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. Your night will become like the noonday. Amen. So, what I would like, going back, going back, wherever you might be today, in the quadrant. The fast is to fast from safety. (laughs) The fast is to fast from idolatry. The fast is to help others out of poverty. That is what it means to be an image bearer. So let's take a moment of just personal confession, just silently. And just agree with God. Confession means agreeing with God about what's true. That's all it means. It's not a beat-up session. We're just agreeing, God, this is you. This is your story. So let's just take a moment of confession. Jesus, I confess my fear drives me to safety. Will I have enough oil in the jar? I confess I am overwhelmed by those stuck in poverty and I I don't know what to do often. I confess I'm callous sometimes. I confess I don't want to lose. Lord, we lament that this, that there is not flourishing in our world. And we lament as a church that our story, we are meant to be image bearers and there's a gap. Would you restore me? Would you restore us as your people? Would we rise above the puny storylines of political parties? Would we be your people? You are our God. You're the restorer of all things that are broken. And we are your ambassadors. Help us to be your people. God, we lament the gap in just health today, just people struggling with ambush like cancer and stuff. God, we pray for healers. Would you heal in that way? Lord, would you empower the healers in our church to bring forth justice, light, and life, and fullness? We pray for it today.
Let's put our hands to the plow, everyone. We are the renewed to be the image bearers. Let's listen to the end of Isaiah. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. As you move, he'll help you. He'll strengthen you. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. And if uh, you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. God, would you make this true? This is you. This is the great story. Help us to walk in it. Help us be awake. Help us reject the dualism that we, we could just pretend the world is right if we just do a few things in a church. God, encourage those that need to remember their new creations this morning. Give faith to those who aren't yet. Today's the day. We urge you to be reconciled with God. Join the family. Lord Jesus, thank you for this shared life that we get to have together. Would you fuel creativity, perseverance, uh, release resources, Lord. Increase authority for those in vulnerability. Help us let go of our idols that keep us trapped. Thank you so much for this body. And we pray for the great body in all of Alaska that just is in heaven in Alaska, it would be true. Your kingdom come, Lord.